Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. had a nickname now that he's on the pirates we probably should learn a little bit more about him did you know he had a nickname craig did they call him the babe yeah i saw that what is that you can't have a nickname of the babe and have like a lifetime 200 batting average like what is it what is that well i saw a video where it has them like their swings look similar oh come on your swing looks similar Give me a you can't compare this guy to the babe. Like here's a he's a second round draft choice, I believe, with the Cubs, who then bounces around Major League Baseball and everybody picks him up because they're waiting for him to finally be what he was expected to be. I don't think he's ever gonna be it. He's perfect for the Pirates. Because this is what the Pirates have been doing for the last couple of years under Ben Charrington. Bring a guy in, and it's like your last chance before you're playing independent league ball or working at a Walmart is maybe you put it together with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like and, and, like, that's what this is right now. And the hope is that, like, you know, we'll get a couple of guys that finally figure it out right around the time that all these young guys finally start playing with this team and something hits and there's a spark and boom, bada, boom, bada, boom, bada, boom, bada, boom. But that's what this is now. You got Yoshi and you got this guy interchangeable at first base in DH now that we have DH in, uh, in the National League. We haven't even talked since this deal was signed. Like, what was your reaction when all of a sudden everything got signed and baseball was back? Um... It was excitement in the beginning, <laughs> but then you realize the spot that the Pirates are in, and you're you're looking to build upon a 101 loss season. But yeah, I mean, it was it's exciting. Like I I want to see Major League Baseball. I'm a minor league baseball fan, but I also want to see Major League Baseball. Um, I don't want to see the types of things that the Pirates did over the weekend, bringing back Taylor Davis on a minor league deal picking up Aaron Fletcher off, you know, waiver wire. And yeah, Daniel Vogelback. Well, Chris, I wanted to go with that because when you go to search Daniel Vogelback on anything, you put him in there and you put Daniel Vogelback in there and it gives you like the drop-down box of like things that you're looking for. You know what the number one thing on there is? What is it? Weight. Everyone wants to know how much Daniel Vogelback weighs. Well, there's nothing interesting about him. I mean, here, Daniel Vogelback. Over 919 at-bats in his career is a perfect 0.0 B-War. His baseball reference war says this is the literal replacement level player. He is not below it. He is not above it. He is dead even. His OPS plus for his career, which matches his OPS against every other player in baseball. So it was a hot year of hitting, a bad year of hitting, was the ball jumping off the bat, whatever. 100 is even. He's at 101 for his entire career. Like, this is the replacement level boring player that, I mean, that's all he is. With all this potential, that's all he ever became. And that's with the 20, 2019 juiced ball. 
yeah. where he had 30 home runs, where I look at that and it's like, he's this power bat, but he had one year when we know for a fact the ball was juiced. I mean, in other years, they're putting in different balls at different times. We're finding that out now. But in the one year where the ball was definitely juiced, but I will say it's also the year where he was healthy because we're getting him off of a year where he was on the 60-day IL with a left hamstring or right hamstring strain or something. So we're actually getting like a healthy year of him. But I mean, you look at the way the deal is structured, it's come out that he's getting $1 million this year with a $1.5 million option for next year. But the caveat to that is that it's 800000 for this year and the 200000 of it is for the buyout for next year. So, I mean, he's guaranteed that $1 million, but that's like not even like we pay him $1 million this year and then we have to put something on top of that to buy him out. No, it's like a it's a million dollars flat. So this isn't really like a a huge signing. This is a guy who's still in baseball because of the 2020 season. That, that's exact yeah. the 2019, like you said, in, in 2019 that he he plays for the Mariners for the entire time. And, you know, he has a he has a fairly okay year. It wasn't even that great. Like he was an all-star with a 780 OPS and a 208 average. Like eh, it doesn't like he had like a half of a season where he was actually halfway decent. And then in 2020, he goes and plays for more than one team and his stint with the Brewers, not the other games in the 2020 season, but his stint with the Brewers, where it was 19 of the 39 games in which he plays, he hits 328 with a 987 OPS. And, and that's it. That's like the one time he had 19 great games. Milwaukee's like, Ooh, maybe we got something. Nope. Nope, not at all. He got like a full season with Milwaukee. Not really. Okay. Or whatever, whatever he ended up with 93 games. This is a, this is just a body standing at first base or in a DH role until your team figures out what they are. And if your team is doing well, like if the pirates have a good year this year and you see guys come up and they actually stick, he's released before the year is out. I believe it because he won't serve a purpose. You hope by like the back end of the year. Yeah, and with our guest that's going to be coming on later, Chris, I know he mentioned, I, I believe, possibly a Todd Frazier signing that we made last year that was like, hey, if this works out, great. If not, then this guy's going to be gone. And the other part of this is like everybody's talking about, you know, everybody wants that power left-handed bat to hit into the short porch, you know, our, our Roberto Clemente wall, which the biggest thing for me is that, like, StackCast breaks this down, like, amazingly at times. It's like expect, expected home runs by park. So he had in that that 2019 season, he had his, you know, 30 home runs. If he played every single game at PNC Park, he would have only had 24 home runs. Last year he had nine home runs, it would have been seven. Now he's gonna get a little bit of, you know, great American small park in there at times. But everybody's acting like it's there's just like just great, you know, unimaginable amount of power. I mean, it there's some pop in the bat. The one good thing about him, though, is that his walk rate has always been good, which, you know, for a guy that has power and, and doesn't really hit for average, at least it, he's showing that he has a good eye. But like you said, Chris, they're hoping that either either one of him or Yoshi hits at this point in time. But for me, this was this kind of goes against maybe not the plan that we came up with. Uh, one of the times we talked about the DH, but like an idea that we came up with, which was using that DH spot to you know, let some of those middle infielders get some extra bats. I mean, now at this point in time, it's it's like him, Yoshi, and uh, Michael Chavis 
are like your DH first baseman. So you pretty much have three DH slash first baseman. Chavis is a little bit more athletic. He can play second base. He can play a little bit of outfield. But for the most part, I mean, you are you went out and you're spending a million dollars and and hoping that something hits and maybe you can flip them. Well, well think of it this way. We talked about this in the offseason, and I know some people maybe got tired of baseball or aggravated, and maybe you didn't hear this, but I, I kind of went into this. If, if the DH came along, which it did now, and you'll never you'll never see a pitcher bad again in Major League Baseball, really. And this is another place where you can get at bats for young players, where you can move guys around, and it's like you're going to play the field for two days. We want you to work on your swing. You're the DH for a couple of days. You put a traditional DH basically in there right now, but if things are going well and guys are coming up and they're getting their chance to play, Vogelback shouldn't be on the field, or he's just switching off over at first base then with Yoshi. Like that, and it depends on how he plays his season. So yeah, I don't think he's there forever. Before we get to Mike Pierzak, one other thing that I noticed, and I don't know how I didn't notice this until today, but I was on the Fangraphs website just going through the depth chart, and I was looking at all the non-roster invitees, and there's a lot of them, and some of them are exciting names and they're prospects that we want to see, but in reality, they're just getting a look at them. They're giving them an opportunity to kind of get used to being there. And then they're going to go down and do their work in the minors. And maybe you see a couple of them come up as the season progresses. But right now, Fangraphs has the projected backup to Roberto Perez at catcher being Michael Perez at catcher. Now, there's going to be some sort of competition. But if what is expected happens, you will go to a ball game and you will not be able to figure out who the catcher is until like they show his first name on the scoreboard. Because <laughs> you're going to have... That's the stuff that Chris thinks about. Who's catching today? Perez. Ah, which Perez? I, I don't know. It struck me as funny. Let's get to Pierzak. All right, guys, the lockout has ended. And the first thing I did, sent a text message. Over to our boy, Mike Piersack from the PG. Told him we had to get him back on, and here he is. Mike, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, Craig. It's great to be back. It was it was actually, I like, I was so happy to receive that text right away. Uh, it felt like, you know, it felt like baseball season was back after all. Yeah, and I, I was like, the last time we talked, I went back and listened to it, and it was... Back in December, right after it had hit, we talked about some of the moves that were going on, and then it was like, yeah, we got nothing else to talk about. So uh, let's wait till there's some baseball back, and we do have baseball back. The Pirates uh, actually have made two moves. People will say, well, you know, Aaron Fletcher is the, the waiver claim. The big thing was the mess, in my mind, and it's only a, you know, a minuscule little roster move. Taylor Davis back, the, the guy who has probably one of the best uh, – little gifts going on where he's trying to find the camera and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. He's brought in as pretty much another uh, another catcher in spring training. But the Pirates fans are looking for, you know, these big moves to come along. And, and Ben Sherrington goes back to the well, and he goes back to watching the waiver wire and, and gets a pitcher, which sends, you know, Pirates Twitter into an uproar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... I get it. I get it from people, but we, you know, we've also talked about this before. Like, the, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, well, longtime Pirates fans, I should say, don't need to be told that like you shouldn't hold your breath for Freddie Freeman to be wearing uh, the black and gold anytime soon. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they stay pretty quiet. Like they're, they're not going to blow up the payroll right now. Um, at least it would be a huge shock if they did. Uh, and you know, that's not to say like, I will remind people that, that even last year, like I know Todd Frazier wasn't like a huge signing in terms of like the season, but, um, you know, that, that was like their splash sort of guy, like, uh, during spring training that came like right in the middle of spring training. So, um, it's never over. Like, I'm sure that they'll, um, add a few pieces here and there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little underwhelming, but Taylor Davis and, and, and Aaron Fletcher and, um, you know, they'll roll into the season with a lot of young guys and, and that'll be the exciting part, I guess. Yeah. And people, I mean, they won't forget, but I mean, did, you know, bring back Yoshi Tatsugo, did go out and get, you know, Roberto Perez uh, after the Jacob Stallings deal and, and gave, you know, two bigger than normal free agent signings for the Pirates. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, and then there's um, even like Zach Thompson will be a new face that they got from that Stallings deal. And, um, you know, it's not going to be like there are going to be still some new guys and you know, it's going to be a lot of like what it was last year, right? Where it's still trying to figure out which guys are um, part of this like long term, you know, and and it's a long, arduous process to figure that out. Um, and you know, but it's going to be like, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just not really a surprise anymore, right? Because they they've been saying Ben Charrington, Derek Shelton have been saying all along that what the Pirates have is opportunity for young guys, right? And, and that is one way of saying that they're not very good right now, but in another way, it's true, right? That they're um, just going to keep filtering up these these prospects and, and filling it in until they've got a roster that's worth building around, and, 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 you know, then they'll go. And when that is, who knows? It depends on how good these prospects end up being. But, um, you know, obviously the strategy is to stockpile them all, and, and this season is another year of trying to figure out you know, who, who's really a part of this. And that Zach Thompson thing is, is a really important point there. And, and as well as, you know, getting Bryce Wilson for, for Richard Rodriguez towards the end of the season, when Ben Sherrington's saying he, you know, is looking for another starting pitcher, well, he's he's finding different ways to get it rather than just, you know, going out and, and paying in the free agent market. Because, I mean, a, a lot of the signings that have happened, you know, aside from maybe like a Carlos Rodon to the Angels, um, have been some of these trades and, you know, a lot of, you, you mentioned Freddie Freeman talk, uh, Carlos Correa talk. I mean, there's not a whole lot uh, of movement as far as the free agent market goes. And, and you kind of, as a Pirates fan, have to wait to see when those, those top few guys come off. And then you kind of move your way down and look to see if, you know, it's getting closer to the start of the season, if... I mean, I hate to say it, if you can get a guy that's possibly maybe a little bit more on the cheap or just is looking for a place to play. So so I think that a lot of people probably expected that there was, that when the lockout lifted, there would be a bunch of free agent moves because they assumed that there's a lot of tampering going on or and, you know, people were going to prepare for that. But one of the owners or GMs, I can't remember who it was, said that, that there really wasn't, that there wasn't much tampering and that teams did a good job of, like, holding back on that, I guess. Um and so, like, you know, it, it makes sense then, if that's true, that there's a little bit of a waiting game where players are trying to, you know, the players who aren't at the top end of the free agency 
are waiting for you know teams to get desperate and maybe throw a little bit more money at the players than they normally would. Um, teams are waiting for players to get desperate and maybe they'll take a little less money than they normally would. Like uh, you know, it's it's a it's a condensed timeline of what would normally happen anyways. And you know, I think that the Pirates are still open for business, but um, I also think that they you know they they've talked about trying to stay true to their vision and and not um not not just sign a guy for the sake of signing a guy but sign a guy that they really think can help them long term um and you know i fans and anyone really can look at that and say well wouldn't wouldn't any of these guys technically help you long term and i i i i hear that but um you know they clearly have a vision for what they want to be doing and you know that's that's just kind of how they're going how they're going to operate yeah, because if you get a if you get a bounce back season from Mitch Keller, I mean, that's injecting the same as you know a, a possible free agent signing. And we talked about Zach Thompson and Bryce Wilson, and you know if JT Brubaker is the pitcher he was in the first half of the season as opposed to the second half of the season, you know wouldn't that be the same as a you know a free agent signing? And they're guys you already have under control. Yeah, right. And that's that's you know that's sort of the theory, right? And and. I don't know. Like it, it's a it's a hard way. You know, it is a lot easier, obviously, to just go out instead of waiting to see if Yoshi Tatsugo can turn into, um, you know, a, a a good first baseman. It's a lot easier to just go out and sign Freddie Freeman, who you know is already good first baseman. That's, <laughs> it's you know that's just not realistic. So, um, you know, it's it's just a it's a numbers game right now, and trying to hope that enough guys pan out where. Uh, you can have something positive sort of building towards the future after that. Yeah, and, and here's my thing is that, like, if you were, if you're a Pirates fan sitting there right now, and, and you know, I am, and I'm, I'm sitting here right now talking to you, and I would say, you know, what are, you know, the biggest areas of concern for this team? And I know that it's a 101-loss team, but, but what are you kind of looking to shake out at this point in time to, to be able to say, hey, we, we've taken a step forward, or... You know, are, are we just kind of waiting on that Mitch Keller, Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, Cabrian Hayes, uh, and, and the like? Yeah, and I, I honestly think it is because, like, I think it's some of the same stuff that we talked about at the end of last season, right? Like, I don't, you know, it's the same roster pretty much. Like, there are some new faces, like we said, but it's pretty much the same roster, and it's the same guys that um, that they left off last season with, except I would say that there's probably – even one more question mark now because Jacob Stallings isn't there. Um, and, and, you know, Roberto Perez is, you pretty much understand what he is. He's, he's a relatively light hitting catcher uh, who's really good defensively. Um, so, you know, and, and that's, that's just to say that the, the really only the, sh- the, the, the one sure thing in terms of like what who could be here long-term is Brian Reynolds. Um and then you hope that Key Brian Hayes finds what he was his rookie year. And you hope someone in the middle infield, or, or preferably two guys in the middle infield, uh, have something click and, and, and really show you that they can be around uh, long-term. And then you hope that Yoshi Tsutsugo picks up right where he left off at the end of last season. Um, and you just go around and around the diamond, uh, and you hope that that happens. And then... I guess really the the big question is wondering how long because you know the Pirates do have a good farm system and a lot of prospects coming up. You wonder how long Ben Sherrington will give of a leash for individual players before you pull the trigger and you call up 
you know, say say Ben Gamble really struggles in the outfield to start the year, just and you know, I don't I don't know that he will or won't or whatever. Um, but say he does, how long do you watch that before you go down to Indianapolis and say, all right, Travis Swaggerty or Cal Mitchell or Kanan Smith and Jigba or whoever, you're you, you know you're up. Here's your shot. Like let's go. And you know that uh, that's really where that's really where you start to get interested is when, is when they start to cycle through some of these prospects that have been hyped up for so long and, and say, Hey, you know, here's your shot. Like, let's, let's, let's see what you got. And I think that's a really important like point there, Mike, is that, you know, in, in last year when they were giving, you know, the leash uh, to Anthony Alford, when, you know, they were bringing in, you know, Kai Tom, when they're, you know, actually finally landing on Ben Gamble. So, you know, something did pay off there to a degree. But your your point stands is that, you know, this time it can be, you know, if Ben Gamble's not working out or Anthony Alford or Greg Allen or whoever it may be, you know, in the outfield, you know, outside of Brian Reynolds, that there is a farm system to pull from this time as opposed to basically sitting there going, yeah, we got to get some, you know, guys that may stick here as opposed to let's see who's going to work out and we got to weed through some of the depth within our own farm system to try to figure out what's actually going on here. Yeah, and and so what's what's interesting or more interesting I think this year is that there are going to be a lot more like I don't know, highly thought of guys at AAA. Um you would think at least the way that that the farm system sort of set up um, and something Ben Charrington has said in the past is that he he views AAA as like an extension of the major league roster. That that if you're there, the, the time to develop is pretty much over, right? It's it's perform and show what you can do, and then give us a shot or give you a shot, at, at, you know, in the majors. And so I, I wonder how true that ends up being. Um, and, and if it is true, then then you really could see a pretty decent overhaul of of the major league roster because. Uh, you know, as as much value as I think that the best version of Anthony Alford has, you know, like if he starts off like last year, it's 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 possible or conceivable that, um, you know, one of those outfielders I just mentioned gets a shot to come up, and maybe they go on a tear. Maybe they don't give up that spot. Maybe um, you know, uh, anyone or say Yoshi right is is a DH and. Um, they decide that that Mason Martin's ready and they call him up and he goes on a tear in the first week. Like, you know, there's going to be opportunity like we talked about earlier. And it's possible, like if someone comes up and seizes it, well, suddenly, you know, now you have hope as like a, there's a guy in a position that wasn't there before. And one of those prospects has panned out and, and now you're that much closer. Right. So I think that, that, that the sort of shifting of the roster could happen pretty quickly this season. Um, but it's really a matter of, of those players themselves kind of continuing to develop and taking it into, own, into their own hands, you know? Yeah, and, and my thinking is is that, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are saying, you know, and it's a it's a debate, and it, and it is Twitter. It's, it's, you know, it's social media. It's not real. And it's saying, you know, people say, well, you know, this is Charrington's plan, but would it hurt to, you know, add somebody, you know, to go out there and, and to spend money? And to me, I think back and I'm like, you know, does it make sense to to spend money just to spend money? Or is there a spot that, you know, somebody could fill in at? And like we said, it's a 101 loss team, but you have all these players. Like, is there like, you know, a place where they could go out and maybe sure up, you know, at least a, a portion of the field or, you know, maybe a part of the bullpen? Or 
a, a spot in the starting rotation? Is is there a spot that you're really not, you know, blocking the development of, you know, some of these players that we've been talking about? Well, there's a, there's a bunch, right? Like you could, you could make the case that all of those spots are technically, you know, uh, it's not a bad thing to to increase competition at a spot and, um, you know, let a prospect marinate in AAA a little bit longer and then come up or, you know, like like it's it's a long season, right? You know, it's it's not um, it's not really destroying a guy's career to sign a free agent and let him cook and then trade him at the deadline and get more prospects because you know and, and that's still part like that would still technically sit within the Pirates' vision, right? And and so like that's that's sort of the case for that side. Um, but you know, I I I think that you could you could make that case for literally any position at all on the diamond for the Pirates because there aren't really any sure things other than like we said, Brian Reynolds at center field and, and Key Brian Hayes has been up long enough that that you're not going to sign a third baseman. But the rest of the spots, if they brought in a, a free agent, like it's it's not really harming the development because all those prospects, like they haven't gotten. And and one thing, by the way, that we, we probably ought to mention too is is uh, a question will be whether they give O'Neill Cruz and, and Ronzi Contreras like opportunities right off the bat. Um, just with with the, with the new CBA, and I know we'll probably get into it. Like there are some incentives to just starting those guys in the major leagues. They're they're light incentives, and they would require them to win like postseason awards for like rookie of the year and all that. Yeah. But but there, you know, those incentives are there. So I wonder if that works. I wonder if if they just say, you know what, O'Neill Cruz, if if he has a great spring training, like let's do it. Like why wait on this? So um, you know, there's another example of like something that that could be, you know, fun to watch right away. But but we'll see. Yeah, that's definitely a factor that plays into that, and. And and I've seen some debate go back and forth, and I've I've had that debate with other people. Is that you know do you wait that time, and then O'Neill Cruz still gets you know enough at bats to qualify and and finishes in the top two of you know the the rookie of the year you know award voting, and you you lose that you know year of service time anyway. So it's it's like what do you do with that gamble? Um, and and I've even seen that there's there's ways around you know this manipulation you can still manipulate service time they're trying to give you know some more incentives but it's definitely something to watch that if you know Ono Cruz who who did struggle in you know spring training last year if he does not struggle it's gonna you know create some types of decisions that the team has to make and it, it makes for uh, something interesting to watch as you're you know watching the waiver wire the transaction pages yeah uh, like honestly their list of infielders that are like currently on the 40 man like I you know a lot of them are unproven and some of them are just simply not going to get a chance to start. But but it's a like outside of keep outside of uh, Kevin Newman who we, who we've obviously seen a good deal of at this point. Um, you know you go through Diego Castillo, Rodolfo Castro, Michael Chavis, O'Neill Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, Tuka Peter Marcano, Hoy Park, Lyover Peguero, uh, Yoshi Tsutsugo, and Cole Tucker. Like that list. Like if if. You know, you really just need four guys to step up off that list outside of, you know, Key Brian Hayes and Yoshi Tsutsugo, who ostensibly get a bunch of starts regardless. Um, but you just need a few guys to, to step up off that list, and, and, and suddenly you've got an infield that you can get a little bit excited about, and, and you add that to Brian Reynolds. And, like, you know, I know that these things are marginal, and I know that um, fans can look at it and say, well, like, you know, you, you could improve this team a lot with free agent signings and all that. And all that's true, and I agree with you, but. 
um, in terms of like the pirates vision and how they've operated, like things are pretty obviously getting closer where guys are getting, uh, you know, taking that next step in the minor league system or whatever, where there's an influx of new faces that you, you're not sure how they're going to pan out necessarily. Um, but like you just look at the roster and things can change here pretty quickly, depending on how guys perform right off the bat, you know? Yeah. And, and the bad part about all of this is that we have a, a shortened spring training to see all of this. I mean, it, it, we're losing, you know, those three weeks that a lot of people are just saying, well, it's just, you know, pitchers and catchers throwing a ball around to each other and, and doing drills and stuff. But it's, it's guys getting back up to speed. We see at the beginning of almost every season where, you know, a lot of the times the, the hitters are, you know, having to get their timing back and, and, and different stuff like that. You know, pitchers are trying to get themselves stretched out. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of decisions that have to be made in a short period of time. And believe me, Mike, we will have you back on to discuss those as they go along. This has been amazing. I'm so glad that baseball is back. For those that don't, uh, please follow Mike D. Piersack. Um, on Twitter, read his, read Jason Mackey's stuff at the PG. Uh, there's good stuff coming out every day now. Uh, Mike, thanks for jumping back on, brother. Can't wait to do this again. Baseball is back. Thanks so much, Greg. Now I see the change.